Hello, welcome to Waiting for Game, the uh, fresh new podcast from your friends over at Melee Stats, and the newly affiliated Melee Stats. You can uh, give to your give your precious bucks over to get some uh, emotes. Well, very celebratory episode. We have a, I will we have be some in the pipe, but they're not they're not quite approved yet, but they will be soon. I'm celebrating the episode by casually sipping on a one, count it, one beer. One. <laughs> and each time someone subs, I will do another sip. And obviously, I, I guess we got to get to it. I, I'm your host, uh, Give Me That Wheat, Tournament Cedar, Top 100 Extraordinaire. Not Top 100 Player, but Top 100 <laughs> Extraordinaire. Uh, my co-host, Ambi Sinister. What's up, guys? video essay extraordinaire top 100 video essay maker and uh our host the lovely june bug former top 100 player oh, i'm i'm the host you're the host oh, you're the guest oh okay yeah, yeah, yeah. did you not know uh, i was like whoa I didn't think you said host, <laughs> yeah yeah okay. you're uh yeah dude we're we're springing it on you Oh, dang <laughs> all right let's get into it i guess no, there's no. no better way to uh start your own podcast by just being the host of an existing podcast <laughs> yeah it's like how in like 80s sitcoms there'd be like one episode where these like neighbors show up and then like suddenly next week the neighbors have their own show yep spinoff we're, we're gonna see the june bug spinoff spun uh podcast dude june i'd be bug, happy june yeah, bugs be, jank yeah <laughs> I, I i i respect the the podcast scene but i i don't for at least right now i don't think it's 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 for me uh, I, I could not. Uh, it's already hard enough doing doing my, my own content schedule. Uh, podcasting is a whole other thing to, to get into. But uh, thank you for that introduction. We yeah yeah man, and uh, you know if we had this podcast a few weeks ago, this would be like the most bearded podcast in melee history. I know Th this was my reveal, guys. I, I got rid of my beard. Um, just just got it shaved off. Um, like yet yesterday? Oh my god! Yeah, time time doesn't feel real anymore. But uh, it, it was yesterday, and I'm still getting used to how my face looks um, with post beard or post post large beard, I guess. Um, but but yeah, that yeah, was the real. We talked about this before the show. As someone who has also shaved a pretty large beard down to nothing in the in the past you know few months um it is weird to see what your face looks like and to see how your face is shaped you kind of really don't know when you have a full beard you like kind of know what your face is but you really don't know like where your face actually starts yeah you definitely get jawline inflation just like yeah. having that really sharp uh a beard usually just makes you look like you have a, a very sharp jawline and then and then now now look at me no, it's not that bad now. But I, I feel like the uh, the crimson chin, <laughs> and another crimson colored uh, figure in the melee scene. Obviously, had a had a pretty big weekend. We saw Ginger's pot of gold, May edition. Uh, the uh, yeah, this has been a, a pretty cool tournament, and uh, yeah, this is uh, we're kind of back to reality, right? The the SCL SCL has done our. Our like influx of, of weekly content has now, you know, dribbled down to uh, to these wonderful net play majors. Uh, so I, I'm down to talk about this show. I don't know what's going on with our uh, overlay. 
but it's good. It's all good. I do <laughs> want to, to briefly bring up one thing about uh about the results of Ginger's Pot of Gold May edition. Uh, and that is, you know, a good friend of the show, uh, making top sixty-four in winners, none other than Pepis Slime, making top sixty-four winners. And wow! Immediately DQing out of the event. <laughs> that I'm so that's impressive, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. I forget what his bracket was. I just saw him in Slime, Slime's bracket was, so was uh, Rocky DQing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So slime beat DQ Rocky and got top sixty-four. Okay, less <laughs> less impressive. I was like slime, you did it. <laughs> Look, man, it happens. You know, uh, it's like when Armada would DQ or something because his controller wasn't working, and then suddenly Mike Hayes gets like thirteenth. That's a major. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was always Mike Hayes somehow. I don't know, like how that guy did it. I didn't. Vish also have a crazy run at some tournament during quarantine i i uh, i forget but Vish yeah so beat a bunch of people though that was yeah that was no this actually had a crazy run <laughs> i think it was so it, it did benefit from a dq there's the, the thing is that like this speaks to vicious ability to play the game really well that i think there's a couple of different times that he beat some some people to get some surprising results he was uh he made it into lacs3 so I, I think he kind of did a little pop off at that uh, qualifier, and then I think it was Gallant. Like he he had these good wins, but he also rode a kind of a little wave of DQs, and then like played H box and top thirty two or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was the uh, tournament he beat Aura? Was that was that Gallant or was that or was that the LCS qualifier? I know one of them he beat Aura, and I thought that was a very very crazy Oregon Aura too. Aura again. Uh, or or the peach player yes okay yeah, yeah, yeah. there's like an oro who's like a samus from mdva oh yeah uh, there's like, the oh. uh no he still played huh dude what what if um mm-hmm. but yeah so slime was definitely not the only notable uh storyline from this tournament mm-hmm. so before we get into the winner of this because I think there's so much to talk about this. Uh, was there anything specific that you guys saw from this? Like any any tournament runs or any really cool sets? Because I gotta say, uh, one player who I think people love to like point out to us as someone to watch for, uh, who you know, we joked about as someone who we know, is Zealot. And as much as I know Zealot, the uh, Colorado, Ohio Fox player, uh, dude, what a run. Fifth place. Beating Fat Goku in the uh, like most spaghetti, almost reverse three zero ever. Beating Magi, Faust, Hungrybox through a DQ. Uh, just one of those things. Where, like I, I, you know, it's hard to pick out these players who are going to have this like huge pop off tournament because I, I think that the uh, the landscape for melee is just like so open right now that I think that there's so many people who could fill that void. Yeah, it's so weird for me seeing Zealot uh, in this bracket because I think it's like we've all been in quarantine too long after I looked at this because I saw Zealot had this crazy run through like, you know, Magi, Fat Goku, Acid, Faust. And I was like, yeah, Zealot's good. That's reasonable. And I'm just like trying to imagine like putting myself in a frame of mind like, you know, like in 2018 
where someone of Zealot's level gets fifth at a tournament this large, and just like everyone is so able to enter so many events and so many players are popping off that normally don't have the ability to travel all over the place, where it's just like, I can see a player like Zelda performing well and be like, oh yeah, he was due for a good tournament. Like, this was this was very, yeah. very normal. But I, I know a uh, real thing has been popping off recently, but also a really good performance, right? I'm like surprised looking at this bracket. Like, yeah. he beat Lucky, beat Polish, beat Bones, who's really good at the Falco Ditto. Bones um, at the Ditto, yeah. And yeah, just like a crazy run. I know he won the uh, he won the the homemade waffles invitational. Yeah, the yeah. Department invitational. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so he's he's been popping off recently too, but a lot of a lot of good wins. Like dang. Yeah, the real thing yeah. is funny. I think it's a uh, it was it was very interesting because I feel like he was he was not that good on netplay for like a really long time, and then yeah. the Black Empowerment Invitational happened. And then, like, he was immediately good on Netflix. He, he, was, he was empowered. It was, he, yeah, he was empowered. <laughs> he just needed some empowerment. Wow. Yeah, dude. No, I mean, I, I think you guys are, like, spot on with this. And, and the the cool thing is, uh, I was thinking about this the other day, is that, like, I think Zealot and the real thing showcase the difference between results in the net play time and, and in the pre-net play age. So, like, I remember... Uh, I would just like scour through all these results of any any tournament, and and every now and then you'd have regionals, and it'd be one player going through and getting all these like lower end top one hundred, maybe just outside top one hundred wins, maybe uh, like a top fifty win, and then you like okay, this player is someone to look out for. Like the the way that you would do it is someone performs well at a regional, they get a bunch of wins at a regional, then you look at them a major. Uh, and a major can have like all these people who pop off. And the funny thing is that like right now we have that every week because everyone can enter majors all the time because that's what this is, right? Like hundred person events, uh, 200 person events, 300 person events where a good deal, of the top players are entering. Like, yeah, it, it's so wild to see these people pop off and in a different age, this zealot tournament would be like, Kevin Maples. How everyone w was going nuts over Kevin Maples for like a month or two uh, when he when he super popped off hard in August. But uh, like currently as it stands, like the real thing is not someone who's grinding to the extent of like a Bobby Big Balls or S2J or something. He's not entering uh, like a tournament a week. And because of that, I do think that if you were to ask people like who's the top 30 North American players. I don't know if he would necessarily make that cut. So yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Right now. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's wild. Just like, just because of how many tournaments there are. Like, I just remember, uh, the top hundred, um, you know, back when all we had to really go off of was the, was the land events. I just remember it being so difficult to, to place players over other players. Um, just because like there were only so many events, right? Even though they happen like every week, like there's only 52 weeks in like a year, right? It's like, you know, you get like two top 50 wins, and then you're like, you have a strong resume for the top 100, right? Whereas yeah. now, like, like you can get two top 50 wins in a week, right? Like there's like you can enter 30 tournaments in a month, <laughs> um, mm. and it's just wild how like so many people just feel so good right now but it's it's you know just an artifact of the fact that like the overton window for what like a good resume of wins looks like is just like 
very different now from the way it was on land. You, you know, yeah, you yeah, talk like, a little bit about the difference, but the the frequency of the these like giant tournaments is just allowing everybody to have the potential to rack up like mm-hmm. wins. And I mean, mm-hmm. no, and I'm, I'm not trying to discount from from anybody because everybody's grinding and everybody's yeah, yeah. very good right now, which is why uh, there's there's been so many like upsets and crazy bracket runs. And but like you know, uh, so many people have gotten Hbox wins and, and Ginger wins and Bobby Big Balls wins. Well, well, those are happening pre-pandemic, so we're not yeah, going to talk about. I don't know those. about that one. <laughs> so every, everybody gets one. Um, but yeah, a, a lot of crazy, crazy stuff. Um, two Saints. Can, can we talk about Two Saint? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's talk about Two Saint. Two, two Saint. I mean, everybody. There's the meme. You know, aggressive puff. Wow, so cool. Uh, Toussaint is very one of the most fun players to play friendlies against. At every major um, pre-pandemic, we would we would end up playing like some friendly set, usually in a random location, um, and it would always be like really close. And I'd be surprised at the rest setups he he got. He has so many weird rest setups that like people I, I get people give him credit, but he's he's very good at landing the. Uh, just sort of those scrappy rest setups, and uh, a lot of puffs necess- don't necessarily go for the scrap all the time. I think uh, Puff is really good at scrapping, uh, just based on the nature of her uh, rest uh, setups. But a lot of puffs won't necessarily force the scrap as much as as Two Saint does. And he's gotten really good at it, and uh, it's it's fun to see that style because for for a really long time. We we had the the sort of hot and cold Hbox style as the forefront, you know, like the really defensive, and then all of a sudden, like he turns the switch, and then um, he he gets that scrap victory into into conversion. But uh, Two Saints just kind of in your face. He does. I I mean, I, he doesn't not play defensive at, at all. But I think the the hot and cold ratio is a bit more more hot. Um, definitely approaches sometimes where he doesn't need to. And, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, those no. SUJ sets were were super fun because super uh, dude, he was just all over him. And you know, SUJ is someone you talk about someone who can scrap. I think SUJ his ability to scrap is is like pretty fundamental to his success. Uh, yeah, like those two, what a what a joy to watch. I would not have called that as such a fun like little. Uh, I, I mean, it's not really a rivalry, but seeing them uh, play in grands and winners finals was, was quite the treat. Yeah, actually, I think the uh, SUJ versus Puff sets—they have a pretty high frequency of being, of being a fun time. I think. I don't know if I'd, I would really, you know, make a judgment on whether whether SUJ is good or bad at that matchup, but I do think that there's a suspicious frequency at which the sets that Puff players get with uh, with SUJ being good is pretty high. Like I remember Abu had good sets with him. Michael had good sets with him. Uh, you know, I remember he played Squibble at some regional. And then got really mad at the way that Squibble played back when Squibble was a Jigglypuff player. <laughs> so, uh, I think that, uh, you know, I just saw that they were, they were in the path of each other, and I was like, I was already excited, right? I was like, SJ versus a Puff. This could be really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what a fun set it was. I was yeah, did not disappoint. Happy. Yeah. I, I, so, some tangent that I'm not sure if we want to get into, we, and, and you, you feel free to, to take the reins if you want on this. Do we want to talk S2J discourse? You know, the, the whole controversy. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> See, uh, the cool thing is that on our podcast, we're pretty middle of the road. You know, we don't need to get into stuff. And then our Discord, oh, hey, especially in our Patreon-only channel. Uh, yeah, the, definitely definitely discuss some stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm an optimist. Maybe I, I still hang on to this uh, dumb idea that, like, I still want to like top players. Uh, I think S2J is able to learn uh, from from what the community said. And, and, you know, like just to give a little bit of a rundown without really getting into the nitty gritty of it is that uh, he was what? He was drinking, right? Is this the S2J discourse you're talking about? <laughs> I, th- I think so. Um, okay. I might provide a little bit of context if you... Uh... I mean, yeah, hit me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think for a while now, I'm not sure how many, how long this has been occurring. Um, S2J was accused of sort of like bullying smaller players, smaller streamers, like sending um, people to smaller streams chats and sort of like insulting them very, yeah. um, very harshly on his stream. And you know, a lot of people say it's trash talk. It's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I, I hate Sheik players. I hate Puff players. They're all so lame, uh, stuff like that. And uh, so, some of it felt like that, just like the, the tribalist trash talk, like, ah, oh, yeah. yeah, I hate everybody of this made. But some of it felt sort of personal. And uh, I think the, 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 the victims the people that were receiving some of the harassment definitely thought that it felt personal. Yeah. And a, a lot of times, at, at least in, in my experience with trash talk, it's done with like friends, right? It's like, haha, you suck. Haha, you, you're a noob. Uh, get better. Like, like there has to be some sort of um, social context there. Cause otherwise you're just insulting people. That's, <laughs> that's always sort of me. And uh, I think in recent history, um, uh, he said something about <laughs> chic maids. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, so. So the thing is, with any streamer of that size, uh, you you have to realize your audience. And even if you aren't intentionally like saying, "Okay, I'm gonna raid this player," everyone go make fun of them. It's like, you know, if, if you are a person with twenty thousand followers on Twitter, whatever, you know whatever that level player has and you're like making fun of players who are like seventh on their local PR and you don't really know them unless you are melee stats or someone who lives in that region, then it's like, yeah, that you're not really punching up at that point. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's even intentional. Like, uh, I don't think that he, he was intentionally trying to do this, but I think it's important to like say, even, without being intentional it's, it's like good to take a step back and, and see it as a learning moment uh someone f- for his size and, and like i think that any everyone can learn from that and grow from that now will we still make fun of players yes will we still make fun of players who we are bigger than i mean i don't know we have uh we're closing in on twenty thousand subscribers on youtube so it's hard to hard to be bigger than us right now <laughs> I really, I really just think at the end of the day, there's just like a way to do this tastefully, right? And I think that that's, you know, I guess easier or more difficult for people to figure out. But yeah. like, I don't think that this stuff is terribly complicated. Like, don't be toxic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I, I agree with that sentiment. I, th there was an undercurrent of the situation that I didn't like because um, I genuinely think that S2J having like acknowledged that his actions were, were, um, were bad and he didn't want to hurt people and uh, he, he's trying to do better. I think most people in most cases can, can change. And I'm not mm -hmm. like, I don't think anybody's trying to cancel S2J, but there's, there's this undercurrent of anytime somebody makes a mistake, like everybody or a, a, people just assume that they're trying to be, or they're getting canceled. Yeah. And they, there was a lot of that in the S2J response. It's like, you're, you're appeasing to the mob, man. I can't believe I looked up to you. And it's yeah. like, no, no, it's just like part of growing and being a Cuban to make mistakes and be like, yeah, okay. Like I, I made a mistake. I'll try to do better. It it sucks to to make mistakes in front of a large audience, which unfortunately people with a large platform um, just will will do. Um, but at the same time, making a mistake does not, and admitting that you make a mistake doesn't make you some sort of like weak person. Yeah. Uh, without going too much into it, because I I think you really hit the the nail on the head. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Like, luckily, we didn't really see that from SJ. We saw that from his fans more yeah. so. Like, just assuming that you can't be told that something you did might have affected people without people saying, like, okay, I guess you want him out of the community. It's like, no. Like, if someone says something that hurts someone, you can just say that and they can change. They don't have to be banned, right? Right. Uh, and I think, like, if you do something wrong um, and, and you might not know that it's wrong, uh, I, I think that like that moment is not the worst thing that you can do. It's then when you're, cause you're, you're ignorant, right? Um, it's then when you are told like, Hey, this affects people. Uh, that's the real moment where you, you like diverge. There's like a fork in the road. It's like, you can act like you're right the whole time or you can just be like, okay, I get it. I didn't know. And now I do and I'll do better. Uh, and that's more important to me, right? Like these small inciting moments, uh, definitely, you know, they have some weight to them but if someone does that and then is able to admit uh that they're wrong and and grow from it then uh i don't really mind that and i think that that's what stj did i uh i hope that people hold not only him at, but like in all of melee to a higher standard considering what we've been through and, and you know if we want to continue to be a game community for this much longer you know whatever five ten years uh i think that's paramount to like surviving as a scene as well said, we. Do you want to get into who the best puff is right now? <laughs> that was a difficult transition, but you know. <laughs> the wheat transitions—they they only work so well. Sometimes you just gotta jump right into one. Yeah, so I, I do want to briefly shout out uh, Edwin Budding, who is who is here in spirit doing production for us. Hi, Edwin. Um, he wrote a very interesting article uh, for his weekly Monday morning Marth column, which you can find on MailyStats.co. Uh, and in this article, he, he raised the inflammatory question of who the best puff is. And, you know, it was quite a, quite an inflammatory question because, you know, for the longest time, this answer to this question, was obviously Hungrybox, but you know, Hungrybox not doing too hot right now, but it is a more interesting question than it seems because Hungrybox for all the not hot he's doing is still doing quite well. You know, he's, yes. he's beating strong players. He's still very much a top-level player. Uh, he's just losing quite a bit more than he is 
uh, generally used to. Um, and on the, on the flip side, there are two pubs that Anouk highlighted that were, uh, you know, rising to meet Hungry Bucks's level at the moment. Uh, and those two being Two Saint and Solo Battle from Europe. Uh, one of those players just won a big tournament, Ginger Spot of Gold, as we just talked about. Uh, the other has been tearing up all the non-Fox players in Europe. Uh, so I think the discussion is very interesting. What do you guys think? Uh, I, might, I might be a boomer, but I'm, I'm team, <laughs> team, team H-Fox right now. Uh, maybe if he reverts, I, I, I would want to see how he does when land comes back. Because everybody's saying, you know, H-Fox washed based off these online tournaments. But H-Fox, uh, more so than other players, I think really, really benefits from being in person. Like that, that man uh, channels the crowd and uh, gets into some primal state <laughs> in, in land. And uh, I, I, I mean, I do think he's gotten worse, uh, for sure, just based on his play, like just watching him miss stuff that he, he might have not uh, missed on, on um, last or two years ago. Jeez. Um, yeah, right. And <laughs> yeah, um, I do think he's gotten worse. And I, I do think Melee sort of taken the, the back seat uh, to his sort of streaming content creation ultimate um grind um so it, it's right now i i still think it's hbox but if he continues uh, not prioritizing melee then there's a possibility that that uh one of these other puffs is going to take over yeah uh so i want to do a little just a little like brain teaser like a little game i am going to do two separate things so hbox was in this tournament uh, he did DQ, as we said. He DQ'd versus Zella uh, in, I think that was maybe winners top 64. Maybe that was pools. Uh, so we're going to do two little tests. I'm going to go through HBox's bracket. And I'm going to go through Two Saints' bracket. So we're going to say, would HBox have won with the same bracket as Two Saint, or would HBox have? How would HBox do with his own bracket? So uh, let's do his bracket. So he would have played Zealot, which I don't think it would be a Harry Potter moment, but. I don't Who knows, know. right? I don't know. I don't, it is a box fox, which is like, <laughs> dude, that is that is scary right now for that is fox. fast. <laughs> uh, I mean, you play a box fox, two one, either way, and either way, he gets like four thousand subs. Uh, so so that that's a toss up. His bracket though, it's right after it's Bobby Big Balls, mm-hmm. who. We've seen give him some trouble in the in the yeah. most recent sets. It's he been, has beaten him before. Yeah, right? it's been yeah. more HBox favored, but definitely this was like late 2020. Uh, yeah, HBox was losing a few sets to Bobby Bigall, so I don't think it's a. Yeah, uh, I think HBox would win that. I don't think it's a definite win. We then we get Two Saint, Two Saint, who already beat him last time they played at Gallant Spring, I think. Uh, so that's scary. And then suddenly, you know, their their brackets become mixed because that would be the same one. So it would be the real thing. Uh, and then S2J twice. Yeah, besides the the two state, like the, the toss-up is really the head-to-head uh, yeah. in that bracket. A lot of the similar matchups as, as two state after, after that. Uh, the exact same matchups after that. And then you have Zealot before that. Um, but yeah, I think... Uh, it, it's safe to say that 
whoever won Hbox Two State could could have would have probably won the tournament. Uh, yeah, I mean, dude, that is a scary bracket for Hbox. And the thing is, this is like the least scary version of what it was, what it could have been, because he gets so he would have played. Uh, so the real thing beats Lucky, beats Polish, beats Bones. Bones beat Ben. Like, uh, there's a different situation here where Hbox Ben is winner semis which is currently 8-3 in ben's favor oh my god yeah i didn't know bones beat ben that's a really good win for him definitely yeah so like this this bracket luckily is is like the least scary thing for hbox as it could have been and yet as we go through it dude still not guaranteed like i don't know if hbox could have won this bracket i, I think he could have uh i, I wouldn't I bet money SJ, on it i actually think SJ would probably be the hardest I, th- I think I, S- uh, Toussaint and S2J are both super hard for him right now. Yes. And, uh, you know, like, what happened the last time Hungry Box and S2J played? I feel like S2J had to have won that, right? I feel like... I can't yeah. remember the last time this was, yeah. but I feel like the last time they played was an S2J victory. It's just, like, order of magnitude at this point, because I know he won, and I don't remember if it was a 3-0 or not. I, I have so many land sets corrupting my memory, and I'm like, Master <laughs> Day will never beat H5. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a very different world. Yeah. Um, Dude, I'd, I'd like to have that land brain right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I will say, speaking of land brain, uh, I, I'm willing to be the guy that, uh, that you know, maybe defends the Boomer Hbox perspective a little bit here. Uh, and I'd like to point out that Two Saints bracket was Ober, Joey Donuts, Bobby Big Balls, The Real Thing, S2J, S2J. Uh, and as far as Two Saints' personal strengths goes, uh, it kind of feels like it's close to the ideal bracket for him specifically. Uh, you know, like, I, if I remember right, the last time Two Saints played Slug was was a slug victory, right? I, I think that Toussaint is a very funny player to evaluate relative to the other puffs because he doesn't really he doesn't really win the good puff matchups so much as he wins by being a superior player to his opponent. Um so I think that this is this is sort of a thought experiment that might feel a little insidious to me because I feel like it's a little bit specifically crafted to make it feel more Toussaint favored rather than Hungrybox favored. Um I do think that, you know, with a different bracket, this might have been a quite a bit more difficult for Toussaint compared to the somewhat scary bracket that Hungry Bucks would have had had he not DQ'd at this tournament. So what do you guys think? I think that, that Toussaint, he's a very, very strong player, and I'm not like trying to discredit his victory here, but I do think that uh this might be this this specific tournament meant to make Toussaint seem like the best puff in the world, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean he had a really good run. I I uh, I think the Hbox DQ is definitely the huge asterisk here. Like if H if Toussaint wins this this tournament over Hbox, like beating Hbox in in quarters, or yeah, I guess it would have been quarters. Um, I feel I feel like that that's an actual like that that topic is just forefront of the beta. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, is Toussaint the best puff now? Because that's that's usually how the discourse works. Um, but yeah, right right now, I'm 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 Team Hbox. Um, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, Ambi, you're right on the money here because the way I evaluate these players, um, I mean, I mean, both of them, it's like 
we have we haven't seen Toussaint a ton. Uh, what we've seen from him in 2021 has been really good. And of course, uh, we can't go a week without not talking about H Bucks somehow. So like we know how H Box has been performing recently. But before all of this happened, when we were able to play lands, um, I really did evaluate Toussaint as this like player who could have like these burst wins against uh top players who i don't think would like who i don't think would lose to like a michael or something like that um he had that see me on land where he beat ginger and fiction i think he traded sets with both of them but that wasn't surprising to me like those were top uh 15 top 20 players that he was being at the time Uh, and he also has tournaments where he he lost to sharks because he di'd f smash uh and he died at like 55 he lost to Cool Lime. He went Fox game three versus Cool Lime wow. uh, and just started playing with one hand. It's like, it's not even specifically an Icy's thing. I do think, Eric, you're right. Like, it, he is not uh, the Puff player who I expect to just, like, play down the matchup line. <laughs> uh, that's like a Michael type thing. That's something I would have said for HBox. But, dude, we look at it. HBox is having trouble versus Peach. Uh, he's losing to Blue's Clues. He hates Peach. I, I think he the, hates the, Peach. the heavy floaty like archetype that's sort of been on the rise recently, the, the Peaches and the Yoshis. The Yoshis. Uh, I've been giving HBox a lot of trouble. Like, uh, and, and, I, and I haven't figured out why that is yet. Uh, it might be just like personal preference. I, I mean, I don't like playing against heavy floaties. I think <laughs> a, a lot of those matchups can be very... Uh, just it requires a lot of neutral interactions to win, and uh, that that can be very stressful. So so I wonder um, what what HBox's take on those matchups are. I know he hates Peach. I'm not sure. Yeah. About it's it's weird because without this, like HBox was the type of person who, if you played a certain character, you had no chance. Right? Uh, it was him and Armada who, like, if you were a character under this point in the tier list you would have to go through one of them in your bracket, and that would probably what stopped you from getting top three or winning a major or something like that, which is why we saw Axe and stuff win majors. Uh, and now he doesn't have that. So, like, what does he have? What sets HBox apart from Toussaint or Solabout or something like that? I, I think something that you two have both touched on is the, the fact that Toussaint is so high variance. And uh, high variance definitely, like, can, can hurt Toussaint a lot when he gets one of those problem matchups. You know, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think he's the best first ICs or, or Fox. Um, then HBox, I wouldn't, like, HBox is placed, if, if there's, like, a spectrum of all the Puff players, and Mr. Consistent is, like, Michael, where, like, he's going to do the same thing 100% of the time um, in, like, a very safe way. And Toussaint, Toussaint's on the other side of this the spectrum. Uh or actually, I don't even know who the who the most aggressive. Pump hey, big kid or Layton? <laughs> oh yeah, big, big kid's very aggressive. Uh, H box is somewhere in the middle there. It's it's uh, you know some some tournaments he, he really seems on, and some tournaments he he doesn't. Um, but even on his bad days, he's still you know one of the best players in the world, one of the best Smash yeah. players of all time. And uh, I think I think that shows a lot just how how consistently good hbox is even when he's playing bad and honestly even when he was the best player in the world he looked like he was playing bad so like quite quite frequently and he would just pull things out and uh got three owned by duck yeah three owned by duck into immediate uh, reverse three is that a reverse three oh 
But, I don't think it's a reverse three of you three of them next. Yeah, time. yeah, it's just a response three of like. <laughs> all right, good job. Get, here's mine. Uh, but yeah, I, I think um, we're definitely seeing that just like sort of continue for Hbox. Like even even when he's down, he's he's not out type thing. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, so yeah, I, you're right. Like, sorry, go yeah, on. Yeah, so I just, I just. I don't want us to get off this topic without talking at all about solo battles. I just think that would be too sad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So, Shoutouts to Europe. <laughs> yeah, so I do think solo battle is a very promising player. I don't know if I were if I were Edwin Budding that I would have included him in this article, uh, but I definitely think that uh, I feel like I watch solo battle, and it it seems like he's the one that's going to push the character in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like he's. You know the archetypal, you know the European type player that like actually pushes as much advantage as they can, rather than just try to like you know outplayer you all the time the way that like a lot of the Western players do. And um, I think the big problem with with solo battle is that I don't have a hundred percent faith that solo battle would be able to get past Rich in a in a bracket. <laughs> oh uh, no! I think that uh, you know, but that feels like not the worst thing to me because he's so good at so many matchups and he's like kind of like the Michael in the sense that he's uh, relatively consistent and he has like his set of tools which are really, really optimized. But he has this one matchup that's really common that he struggles with. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he just needs to get better at one matchup, right? Like how hard can it be? <laughs> um, obviously, like, that's a huge oversimplification. But who, who does Rich play? Rich is a Fox player. Uh, oh, okay. He's a, Rich is a melee stats patron and fox player. <laughs> got got that first part is the most important. Yeah, so, uh, shout to Rich, love that guy. But yeah, so I think that uh, I think that solo struggles versus fox, and I think that you know knowing how solo plays, I expect him to make many many optimizations in that matchup as puff in the future. So I definitely think that uh, especially like once land majors come back, he definitely is a player to look out for because I can definitely see him like doing some shit you've never seen before um mm-hmm. so uh, i've been thinking about this uh and the results will dictate that solo battle has a little bit of a rough time with the top foxes of europe uh and there's a couple different things i think about this so number one is that i think the foxes who are losing to are very good uh yes. pipsqueak mint nikki i think they're all good versus puff and i think that they're all are like, I think Pipsqueak, we know how good he is. I think Nikki and Mint are both top 100 players. I don't think those are necessarily bad losses. And the way I view his play right now is that for this problem matchup, we are seeing a different play style than we've seen from uh, however many months ago, right? Like, if you watched his sets even a few months ago, he was counterpicking Foxes. He wasn't counterpicking the Dreamland, right? Like, wasn't he counterpicking to Yoshi's? So, yeah, he, so we we've been seeing him now counterpick the Dreamland, and and in my mind, it's like that uh, fiction quote about Billy Bo Beep that we that we really love, which is like Billy's playing worse. That's how I can tell he's learning. So I, I love the idea of Solo not wanting to be one of those like not a Dreamland puff type things, like we had not of FD Marth, because that doesn't really bring you anywhere, right? Um, and this is the perfect time to do this during a time when land is pretty much non-existent so i i have hopes for him and you are right he is he is such a grinder it's like 
I used to think that there were these people who were uh, very good in terms of like labbing stuff out. And then I found out that those players were just like very good players in the future. Uh, I thought Sechi was always just like this lab guy, Sechi. And now we know Sechi is like, you know, top 50 last year. (laughs) Who knows right now? Uh, so I think you're right. Like the way that he plays other matchups is so wildly different than the perceived common puff way. And he is able to succeed in that way. Like we talk about the, if like Michael's good versus puff matchups, like good versus every puff matchup and as uh, two saint is like bad versus traditionally good puff matchups. I think solo battle is like a Z axis type thing. Yeah, like yeah. I can't, I can't put him on one side cause I do think he's good versus traditionally good matchup but i also think that he's able to play those in a unique way dude if you watch him versus falco he loves to like just like short hop drift back to like bait them into rolling and then rest them when they roll next to him it's like the the weird little things that he does uh tends to be so far off from how you would see good other good puffs play matchups where uh i think that the fox thing that's just another piece of the puzzle like I, and I think I, that yeah. once he is able to play that matchup in a way where maybe it's not his own unique way, maybe he borrows more from the traditional like Puff versus Fox rule book. Dude, I think he's gonna be great. I think he's great now. Yeah, I, I also think they. I mean, we we also European foxes right now are, are amazing and uh, they're cracked. I I would say that like specifically even better against puff like on average than than the American fox. I yeah. like for, to to dumb it down, I think uh, taking less risk in that matchup really really pays off. Uh and I, I think the European foxes are really good at, at uh pressing their advantage. Uh but I I would love to see like a what was that um Pakistani Tekken player's name, Arslan Ash or something. Oh, Arslan Ash, yeah. Like an Arslan Ash situation with Solo Battle, where he's like, you know, he's not necessarily the best in Europe, but then he comes to America, and, you know, he gets, like, the bracket of his life, and is just taking names. I I think that could be possible for a player like Solo Battle. (laughs) Arslan Ash is funny, because it's, like, the same AMSA story, right? Of, like, Arslan not being... Like dominant in Pakistan. Yeah, Amsa was was also like that. Or yeah, I, I guess Amsa <laughs> just wins now. But he, he... The, yeah, I and mean, the difference was that like everyone was like, "Damn, he's like not even number one in Pakistan. He's killing everyone." And then like a bunch of people from Pakistan come over, and we find out that they're all like top ten. <laughs> <laughs> so who knows? Maybe maybe Finland will do that. Maybe Mayhem zero nine two will end up being the top Dude, ten in the future. I remember the. <laughs> The legendary was it Apex 2015 set between Mayhem and Swiftbase. That's a very underrated Swiftbase set. If you haven't seen it, it was a very very close <laughs> set. Swiftbase won it, and then he popped off around the venue. He like did a full lap around the Apex venue. Wow, <laughs> it was it was legendary. Shout out to Mayhem. That was dude. You love your set. Swiftbase sets, dude. There's so many good ones. Someone should make a video about that. <laughs> let's let's put a uh, like a, a, a final mark on this. Um, Put your money where your mouth is. June, you said uh, HBox is the best puff, right? Yep. I feel like uh, now one of us has to not say HBox to be cool. Okay. Oh, Eric. Okay. <laughs> so I think HBox is the best puff, except for winners round two of pools. Yeah. I, 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 okay. I, I guess I'll make I'll make a stipulation to the HBox. <clears throat> Sorry, the HBox being the best puff. Um, Xbox's skill acceleration curve right now 
is not as high as the other puffs. Like, I think the other puffs are improving at a rate that's higher than HBox. But HBox's accumulation of skill is just so high that uh, he, he, is, he is far ahead right now, I think. But it could change. Yeah, I'm in agreement. Uh, I guess I got to say HBox too. I mean, like, the, the fact of the matter is that if, if he can get to winner's quarters or something like that, <laughs> I, I'm scared for everyone around him. Uh, to to the point where like I I think maybe in like a huge tournament right in like an LACS level tournament, uh, he's able to beat the SFATs and PewPews and 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 Captain Face Rolls of the world, uh, which is maybe not something I can guarantee for Toussaint. Uh, but then I I think the people who give HBox trouble would also give Toussaint trouble. It's like I don't know if like HBox has problem matchups that Toussaint doesn't. And that's what it comes down to, right? But the fact that we even are having this conversation is, is wild. Uh, but yeah, I gotta, I, I'll put the stamp on it. I think HBox is the best puff right now. And with that, let's move to a segment where we ask a bunch of questions similar to the last one we just asked. So we don't have Edwin Budding here to run the Edwin Budding Stock Exchange. So we have the next best thing, which is me, Ambi. Uh, and we are going to be running the Ambi Stock Exchange. Uh, so the way this works is I'm going to ask you guys a bunch of questions. And you guys are going to give me an answer to what you think the question is and a reason. Uh, and these questions will be themed around whether or not you think the value of something will go up or down. Uh, so the first segment here that we're going to be doing is buy or sell. And we will start with Wheat, because he's our defending champion. So Wheat, tell me, are you buy or sell for top player Smash coaching services? Uh, I am going to be sell for the services itself. If, unless you mean like a general, like coaching is a service, uh, then I'd be buy on that. I think that there are so many good players who are, are giving coaching lessons for such affordable prices if you want to talk about like an organization of something that brings them all together, um, like a Metify, I'm not sure if I see that lasting in the future, but like the idea that you can get someone who is like 80th best in the world and, and they give you like, you give them $25 an hour for coaching. That, like, dude, that's so good, right? The, the level of depth in Smash is so deep that like all these people can, can get really good coaching and improve their their base level game so much without having to really spend like $200 an hour to tell, talk to PPMD about like why you're shuffling wrong. Yeah. Um, so, so now, now I answer. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Um, this, this is a hard one for me because I, I was involved in this discourse a bit and then uh, it got hit through the, the, you should it, recuse what, yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not allowed to talk about this. Um, I, I have done coaching services before and, uh, you know, I've thought a lot about the the way coaching works currently, and uh, shout shout outs to Ambi that that article you wrote on uh, comparing the go different coaching styles. I, I think that's a uh, there's a lot of conversations in the Smash community that need to happen with coaching because um, I think that there is a big chance for um, almost every level of experience of player to to get involved with coaching. Um, there's a lot of old school players that I think would be would be great coaches when it comes to things like competitive mentality or recognizing habits and uh, 
I, I don't necessarily think that somebody has to be a, a current top player to um, be, be a good coach. And the, to, to even go further, I don't think being a top player makes you, makes you a good coach. They're, they're different skill sets. Um, but, you know, the way that the Smash community teaches their, treats their top players, uh, we, we hold them in very high regard. So e- even though my, my, uh, my heart would, would love for this to be a sell, I think it's going to be a buy. I, I think there's going to be a lot more like people offering coaching services. It gives uh, top players an opportunity to supplement their, their income. Um, but I would love other people to, to get involved in coaching and to be able to um, sort of have that discussion about what should coaching consist of. Um, do you want to like? There's there's so many aspects of Smash. And, like, do you want to really drill down on one interaction for 20 minutes? Do you want to just have like a general game plan? Do you want to really focus on developing uh, training flowcharts? Um, do you want to make sure they're they're learning efficiently? There, there's there's so many different ways to coach and. Uh, I think there's there's not really that many conversations happening about it because everybody's like, oh, good player, good coach, and uh, that that was sort of what I was getting at when when I was involved in that discourse. But people were like, wow, you don't think Leffen's a good player, or you don't think he's worth you know uh, however much he's charging? And I'm like, well, I don't know how much I think it's worth, but um, I do think that if you're paying for top player coaching, you're paying for the brand, and uh, you know, top players can monetize their bid pretty efficiently, and for that reason, I, th- I think it's going to keep keep occurring. Uh, but I would like there to be more just player coaching in general and a discussion of what um, people need in coaching. And I think that would be good. I think that would be a healthy discussion to have. All right. Uh, he should uh, be disqualified from that point. He went over it as a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will I will limit you guys in the future. This one was my bad. I should have. I should oh, Edwin would have yelled. We have a student. limit. What? Edwin would have yelled at you. He would have yelled at you, but I just thought the, right. the, I, I, I was the involved content in of what you were discourse. saying was so good. I didn't want to interrupt you, so I'll yeah, let it slide this you. time. Thank you. So, Jude, let's let's move on to the next buy or sell. Uh, so the next one is Sheik versus Captain Falcon. I think Sheik does buy Ooh, or sell. Sheik versus Captain Falcon. Um, different levels of play, different results. Low, low to mid level, I think Sheik kind of destroys Falcon, and at the high level, kind of like a lot of matchups um, that Sheik has specifically. I think Sheik Barth is kind of like that too. Um, I think Sheik Falcon's pretty pretty even um, with the the prevalence of CC right now. I think Falcon does a lot better against Sheiks that used to just anti air um, Falcon for free and to, like throw out F tilt and hit a dash dance. Now Falcon's crouch grabbing you for, for F-Tilting. Uh, I do think she crouch is really busted in that matchup. Like, I, I think you can you can crouch there, uh, power shield there off crouch. You can gentleman. If, if Falcon ever gentlemans you, uh, he could, she should die, <laughs> which is like a very bad situation. Um, I, I guess I would still give it like 55-45 um, Sheik. Just because of like the how strong the down throw tech chase is in um, in the current meta, I, I don't think like there's there's great counterplay on the Falcon side to it. No no wake up shine. He kind of just has to hope that the, the Sheik messes up. 
Uh, All right. It's board. So what about you, Wee? Are you a buy or sell? Jiren seems to uh, be a buy. Wait, is that a if Sheik yeah, Falcon? No, is... That's a buy. Okay, okay. That's a buy. Uh, I'm going to sell. I, I think that the uh, whether or not people how they view the matchup right now, uh, like what for what it actually is. Um, I, yeah, I don't know if I can really put anything on that. Uh, I think June kind of got into that. I will say the idea to random people that like Sheik obliterates uh, Falcon, like the the Reddit level discourse i think will die off uh i think falcon is super good uh i think at a higher level i think you're right it's one of those things where Sheik might not do what better at a higher level falcon might have a bit more toss-up at a higher level and uh biggest thing is that like dude we have so many good falcons right now and when i got into the game you thought that Sheik falcon was busted because you saw s uh Muta king just like beat up every single falcon and you don't get that right now. Instead, you watch, like, maybe Plup. <laughs> and, like, he might play Wizzy or something. Uh, and just because, like, the, the prevalence of Top Falcons and the not prevalence of Sheiks at that level to contest them. Uh, dude, I don't think Redditors will be saying it. And because of that, that is how I'm going to read the question. So. Right. Yeah. Let's move on to the last buy or sell. We'll start with Wheat. Are you buy or sell on Smash video essays? <laughs> <laughs> huh. Okay, uh, I I'm buy on them. I I do wonder, like, what point do we get to where these aren't events anymore, right? Uh, but the the reason why that's a buy is because that's a great thing, dude. If if people are like, I I, you know, I I'm sad if people don't think that a melee stats long form video is like headline news or something but if that's the case that means that you can get content from like dude uh turn down for walt we talked about uh david kimball made that one about the uh uh before melee melee's production cycle and all that like i think we're getting to the point where melee content is taken for granted in a sense but that just means that we have so many people making great content uh i'm gonna buy it arjun how about you yeah, this is a super buy from me, and this is a very biased question to put a bunch of video essays, uh, or towards a bunch of video essays. Uh, I think there's so much content in Smash. I've, I've barely scratched the surface in, in some of my content, and I feel like there's so much to do for, like, like PM and, you know, Brawl and Melee and just analyzing the game, analyzing the history analyzing uh you know players i i, I just there's, there's there's so much and i and i uh don't see it running out anytime soon like it's it's just like a an gold rush there's there's so much content for people who want to create it that's that's the hard part you, you have to you have to create it uh, but i think there's a lot and uh yeah i don't see that running out anytime soon especially with the amount of history we have i mean we've been around for for two decades there's there's some diamonds that that i'm sure um people will find soon but there's there's so much stuff at, at the surface yeah all right let's move to the next segment which is are you buying the dip so there are three questions for this segment and uh the idea behind these are these are things which have fallen in value in recent times 
and I want you guys to tell me if you think it's going to go back up, and it's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good time to buy this undervalued thing that has dropped, or if it's going to keep going down, and we should just let it keep going. So, June, we'll start with you. Are you buying the dip on P plus? Oh, you uh, you want that one for me specifically? Uh, nice. Um, I mean, P plus is, is solid. Um, very, very biased. I, I have played PM for the same amount of time that I played it. Melee, actually, me and Rishi um, started playing those, or I started playing those with Rishi around 2012. Um, P plus, I think, is is the best iteration of PM. Um, it's kind of suffering right now due to to a few reasons. One is is uh, being delay based. Um, it's it doesn't have rollback that code, which which is very good. Turns out. Uh, we didn't know it while we were playing delay base, but we uh, we knew uh, we know now. The weather P plus is allowed at majors. I would love. I mean, I hope that the the people that were very vocal about you know safe smash free melee would will put their money where their mouth is and and have P plus at their their tournaments. Um, we we we'll see. I, I know some tournaments are, are, are almost definitely going to have it. The, the Nintendo partnered ones, um, I'm, I'm holding my breath, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't, they don't have P plus still. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm a, do I buy the dip? Yeah. Well, I think if, if people will host land tournaments and not be giant hypocrites, P plus, P plus is coming back. All right. We have you, you buying the dip? So, I think P plus is probably the lowest it's going to get. I do think that there's going to be a rise. I don't think I'm buying the dip. I think it's I think it's going to have a rise. I don't think that the melee community, the Smash community at large, will be able to like back their words up <laughs> that they said in November and December. Uh, I I really think that all this thing about how we hate Nintendo and stuff. Dude, the second a land tournament's back, I don't think P plus is going to be there. P plus was huge when it uh, right before like Slippy came out. I remember playing that like delay based versus Edwin. Uh, yeah, I mean like it needs a push, and the push could be majors, and the and the push could be rollback. I was going to say both of those, but I'm not going to buy. I, I think that the melee community is is so insular in how what they really care about, which is melee. I mean, if Mango starts playing it, I'll I'll buy. But I, <laughs> I'm not gonna see. I don't see that happening anytime soon. All right, let's move on to the next one. We you're starting this one. So, are you buying the dip on CRTs? Oh man, dude! On so like this, you have to like see where the market is on this right now, right? Um, I think that we will have CRT events and. I think that we will have a lot more monitor events than we used to have. So, like, it all depends on where CRT is currently valued, right? Like, we went from in up until 2020 when, when we had lands, we had like one big uh, LCD event a year, maybe. Uh, so, if CRT is valued at that, I'm not buying the dip. I think CRT is, we're going to have tournaments with them. I think we're going to have stuff that is on uh monitors you know what was it the big house or something where like tournament was on crt and friendlies are on monitors i definitely think that big tournaments were like really trying to push for monitors uh it just might be easier for them 
So, sure. I, I guess I won't buy the dip. I think we'll still have, like, mostly every regional will have CRTs, but maybe if you only go to, like, big majors, you might think that we're, like, a monitor thing. Arjun, how about you? Yeah, so I guess I I won't buy the dip for this one because CRTs for majors are definitely a logistical nightmare. Just like transporting that many CRTs. We've done it, but uh, the fact that we might not have to anymore, I think is very enticing to a lot of uh, of TOs. But, you know, small, mid-sized tournaments, uh, most Smashers have a CRT at their house. I'm, I'm sure they don't mind lugging that around. Um, for for short distances, so it's I guess I guess that's a is is that a buy the dip is that a sell? I'm not I'm not sure. <laughs> it's hard to know where CRTs are currently valued. Something yeah. that we like haven't used in so eighteen long. months, maybe. Yeah. I mean, fourteen months. All right, let's let's go to our final buying the dip question. So we're gonna lead with June. All right, are you buying the dip? Counterpicking the ice climbers with a mid tier, specifically Ganondorf. Oh, I I've done that before. I've I've counterpicked ice climbers with Ganondorf because uh, I don't like Sheik uh, ICs. Uh, that being said, Ganondorf also gets chain grabbed by ICs. Uh, he, he does have an easier time separating them and can push their shield very far. But uh, I think. In theory, craft world, it Sheik should do better than Ganon. It's just Ganon feels easier. So if I'm playing against the Nices, I might go Ganon because I am out of practice and retired. But uh, <laughs> do I buy the dip here? I don't. I don't think most competitive players are out of practice and retired. So uh, no. All right, we. How about you? You buying the dip? Ah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not going to buy the dip. I, I think that I'm like an Ice Climbers believer in a way just because I think that everyone else is going to write Ice Climbers off for not being able to wobble. Uh, and I think that they're a definitively worse character. But I also think that like people would just have this like misguided confidence going in. So I think people are going to be like, yeah, dude, I don't have to learn Ganon for this. <laughs> and, then, and then they'll just like go down 2-0 and then go Ganon and then lose. Uh, so I, I don't know. I also like I don't know what you mean by mid tier because I think the only people are like Ganon and maybe Luigi. I don't know if I see people being like time to break up my pocket Yoshi. <laughs> uh, yeah, I so I, I'm not gonna buy. I think that people are gonna have so much confidence that they don't need to learn this matchup, and uh, I don't think it's gonna work out for them. But who knows? They also can't wobble. So yeah, I, I, on on semi related ice climbers discourse, I, I do think ice climbers are a lot better than people give them credit. Like it's like oh they're they're so bad without wobble. Yeah, dude, people are calling them like fifteenth best character and stuff. Like, like no, dude, no. that that character just died. Ice climbers just killed a character from the middle of the stage with a smash attack at sixty. Like <laughs> that's not a bad character. All right, so we're moving on to our final segment and also our final question. And I'll spoil a little bit for you. You guys are tied at the moment, so this one will decide it. Oh, so our last our last question. Is uh, the segment is called Market Watch, and it's uh, it's not a yes or no; it's an open-ended question. Uh, so I want you to tell me what are you looking out in the market for, and the question for this is: Which nationally unranked MDVA player do you think will break out at the next land major? 
So let's start with wheat. What do you think about this? Hmm. Okay. So there's a long history of nationally ranked MDVA players performing well. Uh, I famously called Bob Bomb as a good player and stopped he'd stop playing um but he beat chudat and i called it before he beat chudat like a day before i was like he's so good uh i think rtd lu is currently mdva and i think he's super good but in terms of like people who are actually going to be at a major and play melee at a major and play melee singles at a major i guess i have to go bones someone who i think is super good uh, I also think that anytime people complained about Falco like being brain dead on netplay, they were just like not wanting to admit that brain, uh, that Bones is good. <laughs> I, I think it was always Bones slander, but uh, dude deserves it. Uh, sure, let's say thirteenth uh, place SmashCon twenty twenty two. Wow. All right, June. How about you? Yeah, I. I'm just talking about you know, the MDBA players so weird for me. It's like, oh yeah, I like I know Bobby. I like saw him the other day. Like, like it's yeah. But uh, Bo- Bones is is also very solid. But I, I like in my mind, it's not like breakout because he's been so he's been playing mm-hmm. for so long. Uh, but yeah, right now um, I think there's there's a couple really solid players that that I've been looking looking at. Um, you know, Tyler Tyler Swift, who's just you know the the Pikachu by word of mouth. Uh, Zane Zane Stream is is regularly featuring him, and uh, Bizim, who's who's taken an H box win recently. Um, sort of this this up and coming Yoshi, and uh, both I think are, are performing pretty well. Um, have have gotten good wins, and uh, I I'm, I'm excited for I, I guess. I can't. Mog Mark already had like a breakout tournament at, at Genesis, didn't he? Uh, but yeah, bo- both those players have been doing really well during the LAN era, and um, yeah, I'm excited to see what they could do. All right, that concludes the Ambi Stock Exchange. I'm happy to say, for the first time, Wheat has been defeated. No, I was, you goals. defeated me last week, man. What did I really? Yes. <laughs> for the oh, second no, I totally time, didn't deserve that, dude. <laughs> yeah, That's you didn't deserve I it, so I allocated I half of your time to me. <laughs> for the okay. second time, second time, the first time where he actually, I think, deserves to lose. Hey, uh, hey, hey. <laughs> uh, all right, so June, as your reward, you get one minute of uninterrupted time. So feel free to talk about, I don't know, whatever you feel like for for a minute. Oh, um, hmm, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Didn't expect this, um, and not plug myself, right? Because that, that well, would you be can plug so- yourself a second time at the a end second, of the show. Yeah, because I was going <laughs> to do that. If you end. really want to plug something, you can get two advertisements in with your reward here. <laughs> huh? What what can I talk about for a minute? Um, and I'd like to thank the academy. I'd like to thank all my fans, all all three Junebug fans in the chat. Um, you know, Junebug stock. <laughs> Definitely on the rise, maybe. Um, yeah, I didn't. One minute's a lot of time. It is a lot of time. I only used thirty seconds last time. So. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, I forcibly took thirty seconds from Ambi. Yeah, you guys can have some some of that time because I don't know what to say. I want to give right. a shout out to K eighty. Hmm. I don't know if I can say that word. Uh, uh, someone who uh, 
sub to us with Prime. Our first sub. Yay. Hell yeah. Yeah, so we have affiliate. So if you want to sub to us, you're getting the most soon. Yeah, sub, sub the melee. I'll, I'll use that. Uh, I, I will step. do a celebratory <laughs> step. Uh, All right, cool. So yeah. we, I'll, I'll throw it back over to you. We could transition to land locals return. Yeah, dude. So we have seen over the past few weeks, we've seen a couple locals, uh, mostly in the northeast, mostly on the east coast, really just come back. And I don't know what like full fully come back means you know, th- but these locals are getting like 20 30 entrance um i believe this coming week there's going to be uh, a lot more locals like we saw one in austin recently i think there's some more across america but as we are currently speaking a local in new jersey a 39 person local in new jersey is going on and this is kind of a really interesting thing jersey always a weird region but it's, it's you know like time to put your money where your mouth is for these players. Uh, and I am so excited to see the, when land comes back, how do these online people do? Um, before we get to that though, like how do we feel about this general idea of lands already popping up? And, and like, what is the future of land locals? June, you have any ideas on uh, where you see this going? I mean, from, from a safety standpoint, it's, it's very hard to, ensure everybody's vaccinated that is mm-hmm. uh, i mean we can't ask for their vaccination cards at least i don't think so i think that that's like healthcare data it's like protected um but yeah it, it's almost like a, an honor code which i guess there's a lot of social interactions that smashers go through that that are based on an honor code uh, so i i like hope they will be safe obviously we can't like ensure they're safe and uh, but what once you know it would be really messed up to lie about <laughs> being vaccinated you know like who goes to a special it's like yeah i'm vaccinated like uh it, 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 that would be unfortunate but um i think i'm i for one as somebody who is vaccinated um i'm very yeah. excited for the prospect of of going back to locals or yeah, locals and, and nationals. And um, yeah, I think that would be, it's, it's really fun. They're, they're really yeah. fun. Yeah, I just hope people wear masks, dude. I know that the <laughs> CDC said that people that are vaccinated- Oh yeah, we should masks. all probably wear masks. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I think uh, I think if you're going to a local, I think it's fine, especially if you're vaccinated. Uh, I do think that, you know, the rules about social distancing and about wearing masks have been laxed a bit in recent weeks, but I really think that as long as the tournaments still enforce that stuff, I'm more okay with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think that, like, complete return to normal. Like, I'm just thinking about, like, the last time I went to Xanadu, man. And, like, there's just, like, like you know, 60 people crammed next to each other. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. That's yeah, terrible. I don't think that's, that's ever happening. I, I guess, like, one good uh it's it sucks to, uh, i don't even want to say it but like i think people are are starting to consider the fact that we might have not been sanitary to begin with so <laughs> might, might as well just start being a bit yeah more there's i think there's gonna be a lot of things it's like the the birthday candle thing right it's like a lot of things we're like why do we do this uh that that are just gonna end unfortunately passing around a bottle of faderade having all the homies sip from it 
I know. That might be a thing of the past. We might need to figure out a new way to do that. I I don't know if you guys uh, remember, like, the the major, like, flu or, like, the major sickness. Like, after a major, people would wear it, like, as a badge of honor. Like, oh, yeah, I just got sick. Ebola. Because we were transmitting, like, just bacteria around. Yeah. We were very, very unsanitary. Yeah. And now, now you know, there's there's a very deadly virus that um, we probably shouldn't be transmitting around. So definitely yeah. need to limit all those sort of degen activities that we used to do. Yeah, Dude, it's, I just, it's I weird. I remember after Genesis, like right before quarantine, everyone got really, really sick. And there was this unhinged conspiracy theory that like COVID actually started at Genesis. And <laughs> it was it's like, like the, the bottom of the main conspiracy iceberg. And it was just... like, no, dude, I'm very certain I had COVID. Uh, I just remember that it's the discourse around about because the, the post Genesis flu was really, really bad. And I'm just, it's just so funny thinking about how, how ridiculously yeah. scary that is to think about now. Yeah, like Bobak being very sick holds like all of the clues to like what we've. It unlocks this like history of COVID that we didn't even know before. Yeah, it's it's weird, and I think uh, the fact that Genesis was, for all intents and purposes, the last really big event. Uh, I'm not going to count CEO Dreamland in that because that was like a, a nightmare event where I don't know uh, what what a weird event in of itself. But yeah, I mean, like I look back at Genesis and I'm like, oh yeah, that was scary. Now that I think about it. And I think that that will inform how a lot of people think about going back to tournaments. Dude, I love watching lands. I'm so excited that I get to watch this tournament. And at the same time, I probably wouldn't do this. I still get weird when I eat inside at a restaurant. I still get kind of weird when I eat outside at a restaurant. I've only done it like under five times. And as someone who's like three weeks out from fully vaccinated, three weeks out from second shot, uh, dude, it still feels weird. Uh, So it's going to be one of these things like, we got we're gonna have anxiety about little yeah. tiny things dude i saw a co-worker's face the other day and, and i was like having heart palpitations yeah. uh i know that they're vaccinated i'm vaccinated why is this happening so once we get over that i, I do think that lands will be able to be enjoyed more uh i think the cool thing is that probably by the time we get a major just because of how much has to happen on the back end is i think we'll be at a totally different place but i don't yeah. know man I it think is, that it's weird. super hard right now. I know that it's like pretty rough, like just trying to get venues for like a wedding. <laughs> it's not not fun at the moment. Oh yeah, because you know that, there's that whole backlog of yeah, everybody's yeah. lives just being being on right, pause. Right. Um, so yeah. it's probably rough. Even when things are happening again, I feel like they won't start happening for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that we'll have to get used to, and. Yeah. I mean, the, really, the only thing that we can say is to proceed with safety. Uh, reminds me of a, a Lost Melee Stats Deep Dives episodes <laughs> where uh, I, I, me and uh, I, I will not name this host to protect his identity, to protect their identity, so you don't even know who it could be. Um, we definitely said COVID's not going to be a big deal. Just wash your hands and be safe. So I, I'm getting, like, echoes of this right now because I'm like, just yeah as long as you proceed with caution this should be fine but dude it is 
Yeah, I don't know. It, it's I'll, hard to say that. Like the the scope is just different. Like the world's different for it's impossible now. to tell. Yeah. I will watch the streams. I will watch the streams. Uh, further I, than I, that, I just hand sanitizer up because I got a yeah. little. <laughs> just hearing that made me uncomfortable again, yeah. dude. Yes. The, the Lost Melee Stats COVID Denial episode. <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys know why this is. And I, I think somebody told me when I wasn't sure. Uh, like, all hand sanitizers kind of smell like tequila now. Is that, is that like a, a reason for that? <laughs> I just think yeah. we haven't had an excuse to drink tequila in a really long time. Yeah. No, I have been drinking more tequila. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh yeah, it's like, didn't they lax the the production for hand sanitizer? And then they're yeah, just, like, yeah, throwing yeah. out whatever. Uh, I, dude, I, I swear they're just, like, putting half bottles of hand sanitizer in, like, Tito's vodka and just shipping it out. Because you ever get the hand sanitizer and it just, like, spills over your hand like water? Oh, my God. Yeah, this is this is very liquidy hand sanitizer. <laughs> I, I, I'm holding the brand so you guys can't see it, but very, very poorly made hand sanitizer. The demand is probably just so high, dude. Yeah, yeah, and and I like distilleries might be making them, but they're probably not equipped to to make. You know, yeah, it's food. like when when we didn't have masks, it's just like random places were making masks. Yeah, <laughs> just like like not even like clothing manufacturers, just like I guess I'm getting a mask from this person now. It's like <laughs> they're like we're shutting down production and we're gonna start producing masks. It's like okay, I have a Firestone mask now. <laughs> this is the new normal. <laughs> Yeah, and and I'm not also the the another logistical nightmare is just if, if um, strains continue mm -hmm. as they are in in some yeah. countries, um, then that might require you know sort of like regular vaccinations like every six months or a year or so, and uh, yeah, that's no, also you're, very hard to track. <laughs> you're completely right. Not only is that hard to track, but let's say we get to a future where Genesis is happening. Genesis 8 or, you know, CEO. A CEO there's already a CEO that's happening. CEO is going to be in December. Uh, we don't know if it's going to feature Melee just yet. I don't, I don't know if any information's out there. But, like, there are going to be events soon. Uh, and we don't really know an end date on when our vaccines are going to be, uh, like, good until. You know, we don't know if we're going to need a booster uh, we don't know if we're going to need another vaccination for a different strand. And like, I don't know about anyone else. I usually plan majors that I go to out like months in advance. <laughs> yeah, you're uh, definitely not normal. I think yeah, that every that every is very unique among okay. smashers. I'm just saying the same thing. I'm like, wow. I, I am just saying, like, <laughs> I if, like I, if I if really. I get a flight two months beforehand, and then suddenly. Uh, a couple weeks before the event, like two weeks before the event, it something it's scary or something. You know, you need a new vaccination. It took me a while to get my first vaccination. Uh, luckily, I was able to get it pretty easily, but it did take a couple weeks after eligibility to actually get it. So it's something like it could be a logistical issue if it's like safe to have a third vaccination instead of two shots. Like it might not be easy to get that in the interim. I don't know. Uh, I am kind of crossing my fingers and hoping that I can just go to another major again and see people and if, hug people. Oh my God, Aiden! Every, Aiden everybody's I'm, I'm getting a you. hug. Every everybody's getting. Aiden's a hug number one, and then sure. everyone through the venue. I'll just. Everyone, it's like, yeah. It's for, just like smash all the place. Like I don't know you. 
Yeah, the, the ran randoms, you can get like a, a fist bump, but everybody else, <laughs> you're, you're going to get hugged. I will say, to draw this into our second point about land locals, um, the New Jersey local, the dub, to end their sets, they don't fist bump, they don't handshake, they don't even elbow uh, tap, they do Captain Falcon. That's funny. So I you... was thinking, I was wondering if like we would we would shift to bows or something. But I think <laughs> I love the Captain Falcon thing because imagine you lose like last stock, last hit. I because you like did the dumbest thing ever. You know how like if you were really mad, you could like fist bump someone and like punch them. Like, oh, I don't yeah. think anyone should do that, but people have done it. Oh yeah. That was like, like a thing. Imagine doing the maddest like <laughs> you gotta do the other Captain Falcon top where you like turn away. Oh, you gotta do the turn away. Yes. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant the flex, just the oh, oh the yeah, yeah. idle animation. Like, yeah, it has to be too. some Captain Falcon thing. Yeah. The uh the unused animation for like item found. I like <laughs> you guys see that one? Yeah, no, I did see this. Yeah, I think I've seen that one. Yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. Um they are doing that. I think that's I think that's super cool. And uh, you know, this is something that we're going to be having to look at because this local are here, 39 people. Uh, I'm really excited to see what the repercussions of this is going to be. This is, I think, the second time they ran it. So this would be the second week. Uh, I don't think we know of any people getting sick from it. So I'm definitely down to see how far we can get this. Um, to make it a little bit of a on a lighter note, yeah. this is probably the first notable event that has a mix of land people and online people. So here are a couple of the top seeds. We have Nico, Ryobeat. So obviously someone who, who broke out on land. Uh, we have Wally, someone who hates Netplay, sold his computer to Mott Money. <laughs> so can't play Netplay. And then we have Tommy, uh, New Jersey Tommy, the Sheik player, definitely someone who popped off on... Uh, online and we've got b bats someone who new jersey does not really even know i think this is his first like in-person local in he tweeted it i think it was like three years or something um really? i thought he was honorable mention on the the last pr that they had before for COVID. or was that like uh, an online pr that might have been an online one so the tweet was have my first lantern in three years today first one maining peach uh, oh, that might be what it was. Like, yeah. also, I know that New Jersey people didn't really know who this guy was. He was getting all these wins. Yeah, B-Bats is crazy. I don't know if you guys have seen him play. He's a very aggressive peach. He's swinging. <laughs> He's nuts. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a big fan. So the cool thing is, like, we get to see how these players are doing. And uh, just, you know, just today. So B-Bats lost to Error, formerly known as Greasy. So that's Kind of a little bit of a weird one, but ended up uh, running it back through losers. Speed uh, Bambi 3-0. And then Tommy, they played for fourth place. Tommy beat Error. And, and Tommy ended up winning over B-Bats to lose to Rayo Beat and Losers. By the way, Wally, this is not this is turning into like local rundown. <laughs> Wally 3-0'd Nico in uh, winner's Damn. finals. Wow. wow. Yeah. So, dude, this is so sick. Yeah, no, this we is, are this seeing is... online people land people oh my god it's happening this already is like the exact group of people i wanted to see play the land too like i mean that's a that's a like get my like own three peaches <laughs> yes. like, i was gonna like, say there's so many peaches <laughs> being Nico at an event is super hype 
seeing Wally play again is super hype because like everyone was like, dude, like is this guy did he fall off after not playing Netplay for like a whole year? Like he's so yeah. good before land. Uh, I think Tommy is super super sick. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Tommy. He's so fast, dude. He's so sick. Very very cool player. Um, you know, I'm happy to see Greasy again. Like there's so much. There's so much, and I think that this is such a cool event. And and the thing is, like. Yeah. This will just be, I mean, I don't know if, uh, this, this is probably the coolest local for a bit, but we will get this feeling so many more times in the coming yeah, weeks yeah. and months. Every region will have this, and I'll be like, dude, Android Zero is playing Curve, and it's like, I will get so excited to see that, something that I wouldn't care about at all in 2019 or something. Um, dude, I, I am so ready for this, and to commemorate this, uh, let's, let's be positive. Let's pick some players who we think have done really well online, who are known as online players, who will continue to do well uh, in a major, you know, in, in local lands, local land, regionals, land majors. Uh, I don't know if anyone wants to go first. I'll say Ben, because it's like an easy one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many Minnesota locals there are. I don't know. Um, the, the local seed there. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, he's my favorite non-plub chic. Damn, um, high praise. Yeah, very, very high praise. I mean, we had a we had a vacuum for a bit, and then we had a lot, and then uh, the pluppy style still has it. I, I don't think anyone quite does it like plup, but Ben hit that, like, fast chic itch that very few cheeks can, can hit. Like J J Wook's one of the uh, yeah, Ben uh, Plop, you know, the the very fast cheeks. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think Ben just based on his play style is gonna gonna keep doing well. Uh, I love face roll though. <laughs> face face rolls. Uh, <laughs> face roll doesn't Griffin, count. Yeah, Gr Griffin's a homie. It's like, but yeah, no, he's a yeah. I'm trying to think of like what a fun answer would be. I mean, I think a fun answer is Mook. I, I think June kind of hid Dude, that. Mook counts as an online person? Like, this is, like, where it gets weird for me. Because there are so many yeah. players where I'm just like, yeah, this guy was good. Like, I wouldn't <laughs> call, you know, this person, like, an online player. But, like, I guess yeah. by most people's standards, like, Mook would be considered an online player. But I do think we're, like, yeah. uniquely nerdy in the way where it's like, you guys didn't know Ben <laughs> beat Absent Page <laughs> yeah, with that yeah. one smash and splash. Like... I, I do think that there are a lot of players who... Oh, like, online players, maybe with the exception of B-Bats, I don't know, three years without a, a local land? That's nuts. Yeah, um, I mean, there's still people offline, right? So it's a little bit yeah. weird. Like, like, what do you yeah. think of, like, Aklo, right? So, like, Aklo is someone that I, I thought of... Kind of yeah, Aklo um, has... I, I guess people that, that are doing... have done well offline, because Aklo has, like, gotten good offline wins before. Yeah, and then, yeah. like, really popped off online. Going anywhere. Right. Yeah, right. he just can't. He's he's in med or pre med. He's, he's very damn. Um, I know that. Yeah, Next, class classic brown. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I think there's there's quite a few players like that who are like yeah. some somewhat offline didn't get a chance to to attend many and and really popped off online. But I mean, I think, like well, the... I'll give it to you. I think they can count because <laughs> the player one. yeah the the players that pop off online are generally people who are now who might not have been able to for whatever reason for time or money or etc not been able to 
go to however many tournaments, like nationally recognized tournaments a year. Uh, because in order to get on the top 100, like something that we, one of the good things about including locals on a top 100, damn, I'm getting right back into this discourse, this top 100 discourse. We aren't even ready for it yet. Uh, but one of the good things about including locals on a top 100 is that you don't have to get all your data from spending $200 on a flight to a tournament, however many much money on a hotel, dude, probably $80 on like a major uh, pass, you know, all the money to to eat and stuff like that. Like you don't have to do that. You can just sit on your computer for eight hours <laughs> on a Sunday yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And I think that's opened it up. Like all these players we mentioned were, were good on land and were able to now have the ability to play so many players that they haven't played before. Um, I will say so one it's hard. Player that yeah. I'm really excited to see that doesn't get much exposure just from traveling is a lot fee. I swear yeah. to God, I go watch that guy play for hours. He's so box cool. lot fee or yeah. Well, yeah. Like I mean, box I guess I haven't here? seen too much of him with box, but I imagine it's not terribly different. I think he's he's very fun to watch. He's like a he just feels very purposeful. Like I feel him. I feel like I see him do stuff, and it's like, oh yeah, you know this guy. I would like to see more of Latfi. I don't know how much we'll see when Len returns, but I think he's a very cool player. I I do like how how net play has been as as you said, we the great the great equalizer. Like everybody, it's it's relatively accessible. I, I guess you still need like a desktop or something. I can run. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's like diet melee. Um, so so it's it's a lot access more accessible. Uh, People people don't talk about the costs of attending nationals a lot, but it's it's can be pretty expensive if you're trying to get ranked top 100. You yeah, know, yeah. hotel rooms, flights, um, mm-hmm. carpools they they all they all can add up, and uh, yeah, especially these younger players who don't really have like a disposable income. Um, that I'm glad that they were able to to pop off on net play for sure. Yeah, like if you wanted to pop off on land, if you were an not top 100 you probably had to do we mentioned kevin maples you probably had to do what kevin maples did which was play insanely well at three tournaments in two months <laughs> like you because that we had so many top 100 players who would put in really good results wouldn't get the top 20 upset but would just do really consistently well and would do it amortized over the course of a year <laughs> like and and that is that is tough to do uh especially for young people, you know, we talked about like the conduct and smash. And I think a lot of people are talking about, well, what about 15, 16 year olds going to tournaments? You know, the ideas behind that. Um, so I think having this open is, is really great. Speaking of a 16 year old, I'm going to give a shout out to a longtime land player, but uh, I think Elliot's going to be good. If the, the H box slayer himself, <laughs> one of many, but still one of many, <laughs> I'm going to pick an also another land player. Uh, one whose I think best wins have been on net play. A longtime limp player, Koopa Troopa eight nine five. That Marth is hilarious in all of the like best ways. Uh, hilarious generally not a great way to describe someone's play style, but <laughs> it is a compliment. Uh, I'm gonna go outside the box here. I'm gonna say Ricks. Ricks Ooh. from Europe. I I don't know if people were really hyping him up. I know I learned of him late 2019 or early 2020 like definitely like very close to covid land times uh but definitely popped off and aspirational pick uh lag 
Lag! Lag! Yo, lag. I, so he popped off on a, <laughs> on a few Xanadus. I mean, eventually, we stopped including um, Mexico and West Coast mm -hmm. in, in Xanadus. And uh, it, it was really funny to see uh, like somebody from Mexico with the tag lag playing playing Roy. <laughs> I was like, am I getting punked right now? <laughs> like, so sick. He's, like, he's so like, good, too. He's very good. Um, yeah, he, he plays Roy in, in I think, uh, a much different way that, or a much more different way than, than Zane or even me. Uh, like, uh, like a new school Roy, which I didn't, like, I, I have conceptions of, like, the the fundamental flowchart of Roy and then, like, PM Roy. And then, like, lags is, like, some weird amalgamation. And I'm like, where how did, where did this come from? <laughs> like, uh, so it's very entertaining, for sure. You mentioned PM, obviously, very famous PM players. We, uh, we have some questions for you. Mm -hmm. So, uh... Ooh. Yeah, these are we, questions we, we do. I got, I got a couple that we have from our Patreon, and uh, yeah. maybe we get okay. through these. Our lovely get... Melee Stats patrons uh, hit us up <laughs> with some questions for you. Cool. So hopefully cool, we can cool, get cool. your thoughts on this. Eric, you have one? Yeah, so this one I think is uh, is pretty relevant just to your, to your more recent efforts. So this one, just like last week, we were fielding a question from our good friend SSB Seal. Seal, um, yeah, Seal, comment master on yeah. every single YouTube video. Uh, also, now, comments now the commentary master. <laughs> yeah. I know he co he comment does commentary at yeah. Saturday on Wednesdays. If so, check sort of on that note, uh, you've gotten a lot more into commentary and content creation throughout the pandemic. Both of those are both of those things that you plan to keep doing as your main focus in the melee scene, or will we see one or both of them take a backseat when the return to land happens? Yeah. So return to land, I foresee. Um, Definitely, if content wouldn't really change because content I can continue doing from my house. Um, you know, I have like uh, a work schedule and I have to take vacation days. And sometimes I may not want to do that for, for a tournament. Um, you know, it's, I think some nationals would be, are, are too good to miss like Riptide or whatever the do Smash and Splash is, is called as something that I, I would love to attend. And so, some, some work, or some majors are very close, like SmashCon, so I wouldn't have to take um, any vacation days. But you know, weighing the cost benefits of, of going to an event and maybe doing commentary versus like uh, doing doing other stuff with with my vacation days, it's something that I, I haven't had to think about because I haven't been an adult very long. So <laughs> it's uh, I, I think content creation is going to continue. Um, how much I attend majors is, is going to be up in the air i think yeah like what's what's been your perspective on the content stuff because i feel like that's like we're like a lot of us align here right in the in the in this the content space in melee yeah like yeah tell me about that like what's your um, what's your shift to that like so i i've been thinking about content for a while i i would theory craft um just a lot of stuff with with pm people and like rishi and zane and lod and just like Talk, talk about stuff that I thought was was interesting in the Smash community. Um, like, like good players was an idea I had in like 20, 2016 or something. I'm like, yeah, it would be really cool if, if somebody like was just talking about player player habits and player patterns. Um, and then over over the pandemic, um, and and ever since 2016 ish, I would say 2016 uh, was when I started like competing extremely seriously. 
because um, that's that's sort of where or, or 2016 PM and then um, I guess like 2018 in melee, um, and when when that all was happening, when I so I was sort of transitioning from competing to coaching, and then um, after coaching. I, I still had like thoughts about the game, but I, I didn't really have like the, the time or desire to, to compete um, because at, at that time I was just like doing my masters and, and trying to be an adult and stuff. Um, still getting used to all, all that stuff, by, by the way. But yeah, con- content seemed like a, a nice little like logical progression for me because I was like, yeah, I want to talk about Smash. And you know, I think there's there as as I touched on earlier, there's so many things to talk about in the Smash community. There's there's a lot uh, in my niche specifically. There's a lot. You know, there's a lot of PM and player analysis um, to do, and I also think there's a lot of a lot of nuggets of content when it comes to like history and even like gameplay analysis. Um, I watch like fighting game video essays, and like I'll, I'll watch like a, a video by like. Uh, Leon Massey. I don't know if you Leon guys have Massey. heard. Of, yeah, yeah. The goat. Uh, I'll watch Dude, one the, of his the fastest talking video essay, essayist I've ever seen. I know he he zips through it. Yeah, I don't I, get uh, how he. Dude, if I was in the uh, editing booth for that one, I, I don't get how he has the confidence to do it. But all of his videos turn out so good. I I know. I'm, but I I have an editor that I that I work with. Uh, shout out to Z, and uh, Z is very like snap. I'm I'm like kind of like the director and assistant editor. Where I'll like be like, hey, use this these clips, and we need we change this up. And uh, Z wants to make it very snappy, and I want to like really drive a point and like pause it. And we have those little editor director scuffles here. Yeah, and we're there. very familiar with this. This is yeah. like very similar to our process, where like, we have like a producer and a director, and there's like a clash. And it's, like, we're definitely we're definitely yeah, slower. Yeah. Leon Massey, I have to pause his videos like ten times uh, within ten minutes, just like. <laughs> Dude, the, the the speed that he goes and he he makes all his videos so well yeah right rapid and, and it seems like a one-man team which is also incredible insane um the the entire scripting process i have like a thing that i stole from one of my friends who who does film and there's like this this audio portion and it's like what what i say and then like the video portion and then like audio portion is sort of drafted up at the beginning and then I'll like edit the script a little. Eventually I have an audio and then me and Z discuss what the video is going to look like. And uh, then, then we, we pump out a first draft review, second draft review until it's, it's final. Um, but yeah, that's, that's sort of like the basic um, basics of how I do scripting. Mm-hmm. It's like the, there's an audio portion and video portion and then like notes kind of. Um, and then we just keep iterating through it. The, the hardest part for me is definitely um, finally feeling good about a script. Oh, it's so hard. Yeah, I, I, it's, it but so most of the time I just, yeah, I, I think I just pull the trigger when it's bad. A lot, yeah. When I think it's bad, right? Because I, if I don't pull the trigger just like arbitrarily or just like give myself a get, deadline, it just stays in editing forever. And I've had it's... a few scripts that are like that, honestly. It's so funny. Because, like, you have to, at a certain point, you have to just, like, let the bird fly, right? Like, push the baby bird off the ledge. Uh, that's what birds do, right? Yes. <laughs> but Die. you, like, no. you have to do that. And then, like, in your mind, you're like, this part's so bad. And it lasts for, like, one second. And then you're, like, mad that people aren't calling it out. Like, how do they not realize this part was horrible? But, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's so funny. 
uh, dude, the what a process. Yeah, I have this concept that I, I wrote about a couple of years ago, uh, which I call like novelty dispersion. And I think I think it would help people if they tried to think about what it takes to make things when they consume stuff. Because uh, I think that this is something that uh, people don't appreciate about, like the difference in how much you look at something, depending on whether you're making it or you're consuming it, right? Like if you're making like a video, uh, if you're going to look at every frame of this video over and over again for weeks, right? And you watch it and you watch it one time and you're like, dude, this was great. Like this was amazing. And it's like, you watch the same thing 10 times and it's no longer interesting to you. Right. And if you're making something, you have to you have to confront that you're looking at something and like you've long since understood everything that you're going to say in this in this piece of work. And you're like, dude, is this even interesting anymore? Like everyone knows this, right? Like I've looked at this so many times, like this is so like clearly a thing that people know, right? And like you just have to constantly fight this feeling that it's like, no, like this is really interesting. Like if mm -hmm. I if I beamed it back to myself, like when I just started making this, I would think it's so cool. But I just think it's a big psychological struggle to make stuff because it's like, eventually you'll get sort of a board of your own, of your own thought and you have to keep confronting that in order to make it so other people mm -hmm. can enjoy it. Yeah. So I super feel this like pull the trigger thing because it's just like, it's yeah. terrifying. I, yeah. I thought I knew Ego Death from playing competitive <laughs> Melee and competitive games, but uh, little did I know Ego Death from, from creating content is a whole other <laughs> ball game. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think there's a lot more, and, and people are so critical. I mean, there's there's a lot of kind people in, in the Melee community, I will say that. But uh, it is it is very, uh, pe people are, are very critical of like the, the first glance they see of something. Like, it's like, oh, you did this at 342. And it's like, I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> Trust me, dude. I looked at it so many times. <laughs> we just decided to let it go because it would have been more effort than it's worth. Like, yeah, uh, we are. We have a lot more cooks in the kitchen. Uh, and I am. So I, I think Ambi and Edwin are so amazing at, like, taking these ideas and, and getting them to the finish line. Uh, and so then what what is each of your roles in the process? Uh, Ambi's like writing and editing, or yeah. So this like it sort of depends on project. Mm -hmm. um, we've all like held hands on different things, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, like I think we we've um, all filled similar roles. Yeah. Like uh, I think that it would be sort of a misnomer to to say that uh, one of us does a specific thing. Okay. I think so that we have like relative strengths and weaknesses. Um, but I think the big thing is like we, we're like a collective group, right? So we have okay. multiple projects that go at the same time, and we do different things on each of the projects, uh, right. which allows us to not get like too sort of bogged down in a single role. So like, yeah. um, you know, like one quick example is like the hanky panky video was a lot more like uh, Edwin's baby, right? Like he did the writing, me and we did the editing, he did production, and like okay. we all did voiceover, uh, which is different from like uh, plot versus Prince of Boo. For which I did most of the writing, uh, and the other two did editing, and then we all did narration. Mm -hmm. And uh, we split this sort of depending on who's available and who wants to do something. Um, but yeah, it's like sort of all over the place depending on who's available for what things. That, that's I good say, that you guys are all getting that experience, though. Yeah, I'm definitely the uh, I'm definitely the umpire in this scenario. <laughs> like if if they're the ones who are bringing it to the finish line, I'm definitely the one who's like stopping the fun. Um, Dude, uh, any like 
we've had articles and, and it'll have like a purple link in it meaning it's been clicked and i'll be like mm-hmm. uh, you, you, you need that I, I i think i think that that if I see a, yeah is is definitely important i i have to do a lot of that in in, in my stuff and you know z hates it because uh you know Look, it, it's, 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 nit, it. it's nitpicky yeah, but yeah. i know that it's important because uh the viewer will point it out if we if we miss it and then of course some they're like at this stage in production, it's like they're they're just in there. Like we're we're not gonna uh, yeah. rewrite the the whole thing for for one change. So it's it's a lot of choosing your battles, which is also a big part of content creation. Like not only putting it out, but it's like once it out, it's it's like okay, how how do I want to mold this rock? How how do I want to mold this? And is this mold? In the mobile, and it's like <laughs> yeah know, it's yeah. It's right there. There's, there's like one thing we could ship it off, but we could release it immediately. Oh. Yeah, dude, I am like the the uncool manager in a rock group. Sometimes I swear. The well, uh... I, I think the thing is with you, we is that uh, like Edwin and I, our background is not really with multimedia. Like it's with article writing, right? Like Edwin has has done his like Smash Journal thing in the scene for a really long time, and like. I'm just like a fucking academic all the time when it comes to stuff like this. So like, I feel like Wheat is the one that like, he sees the video in the, the script that we write and he like makes it happen. Uh, and I, he, he keeps like making himself like the uncool person, but like, man, if you saw like the scripts that we, me and me and Edwin write, they're just like, you say them out loud. And it's like, this is not a video, dude. <laughs> This is an article. The, <laughs> the original PPMD Lazar video was hilarious because uh, that was once so that was Edwin and Chroma, and it was a forty-minute video. And I believe that forty-minute video is still available to watch if you are a uh, patron of ours. And it got cut down to like thirty-four minutes or something. And there's, I, I will leak one part of it. Uh, the video, I. Th- <laughs> Is it the right before the title? I forget. Uh, it has the phrase, "This set will have the answers," and I go, "Anok, please, you can't do this." Yeah, <laughs> like it was this whole big intro, and this set will have the answers. It's like, what are you doing here? This I, is this is like a first grade writing. It was funny like, because it was it was over it was over an image of Lazar chugging a beer. <laughs> it was like Lazar chugging a beer, and, and we're going. This set will have the answers. Has the answers. <laughs> yeah. The, the the media, like the aspect of a of a video essay is something that's like you you have to show and tell, but you don't want to do both at the same time and you don't mm-hmm. want to do one too much or one too little. It's it's something that's that's such a fine art and I'm still getting used to it. I, I mean I have experience in like um, I used to do like theater and watch a lot of film when I was in college. Uh, so I have like some experience there and I have like a lot of art friends and then I watch, I'm just like a nerd. And so I have like this weird mesh, mishmash of, of background uh, in the Smash community and also like academia and, and um, art art kid stuff. And having that mixed background is almost a, a, a detriment because sometimes I don't even know what I want. It's like, 
when when wheat and you were discussing, it's like okay, wheat's the guy who's gonna like things things the chopping block. When when <laughs> one person is the guy who has to put yeah. it all together, it's like, oh, hmm, what do I do here? <laughs> Yeah, dude, I I am having such a great conversation here. I I want to get some more questions in. Right, there were uh, questions for me. <laughs> well, here's the okay. How about this? Uh, in the next twelve months, in the next year, me, you, melee stats, uh, turn down for Walt radar. Fucking like throw Wasabi radar. and JD in there. <laughs> Jesse Wall, maybe we're gonna have a we're all gonna rent a big. Mountain house somewhere. Ooh, <laughs> and, and we're just gonna summit, we're just dude. gonna run a content house. It's yeah. like one of those vine houses that they have. I, uh, I would love to have like a little content creation retreat. I SmashCon generally has panels. I would love to do like a content creation panel at SmashCon dude. if we yeah, have SmashCon this year. Get uh, Dark Genix on there. Yeah, <laughs> Dark Genix meme master. Yeah. But yeah, let's get to some questions. We'll save the the content panel for yeah, can, for the content house. Um, um, next question is: Would you consider June summer or spring? Late su- late spring or early summer? Uh, this is related to that question you guys uh, made, right? I off the top of my head. Um, wait, you say late late spring or late, early summer? Late spring uh, or early summer? Off the top of my head, I the like. I would say uh, early summer, mm. like, but based on the context of that question, I would have gotten me. Zane, Zane said like locust or something. I'm like locusts yes. are a beetle. <laughs> what? Oh, hilarious! Like the fact that it had to do with a month in that area and then also a beetle. I'm like, okay. Yeah, we we want to uh, back ourselves up here. The first official day of summer is June 21st. That is three weeks into really? June. I did not know that. I thought like May, May, June was summer. No, it's just that oh. late spring is hot because it's pretty much the same thing as early summer. Yeah. It's literally oh. separated now, by a single day. Yes. <laughs> now look, is the, the fact that we base the seasons on like the solstice or whatever like that, is that arbitrary? Yes, of course, but it's Jeopardy, dude. Everything's arbitrary. Yeah, yeah. If, if, there, if you follow the arbitrary rules once, you have to do it during Jeopardy. Well, it's good to hear that you would have gotten your own question right. Uh, yeah, that, that's how did it feel to, to hear Zane miss it? Uh, I was disappointed. He's <laughs> very disappointed. Uh, I think Zane was disappointed. The noise that he made was hysterical. I know. He's like, oh, no, dude. <laughs> oh, cut this one. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was funny. Um, yeah, good, good content for sure. Really, really like the, the GG um, content sort of appealing to both like the casual and competitive. Yeah, uh, for sure. They've been killing it. Mm-hmm. Do we have a quick question before? Because I know you're, you're, uh, you know, you've been on for so long, and I appreciate your time. Do we have a, a, another quick question? One more, which is from Edwin. Mm. Uh, he, he wanted you to talk about this for like thirty minutes, but. <laughs> I think it's better for everyone that this is like limited a little bit. Yeah, sum it up to like a minute. Yeah, he he wants to know your thoughts on the future of Sheik versus Marth, because I think that this is something sort of in a lot of the discourse recently about a lot of players electing to pick Sheik against Marth. Um, there's a lot of development <coughs> from you know players that are coming up in that matchup, and I think that uh, your perspective on where you think that matchup is headed, I think, would be very interesting. Yeah. Um, to where where to start? Um, 
So I, I think Sheik Marth is, is a pretty good matchup for Sheik um, for, for a few reasons. Like Edgeguarding is really solid. Uh, neutral is decent against Sheik. I punish, I do think Marth wins uh, slightly. I think Sheik combos are like short and sweet. And she gets a bit, but Marth combos have a, the potential to just be devastating in any portion. Um, the Fox is picking out Sheik for Zane. Not sure how well that will work um, at the at the high level because Zane is also very good at the Sheik matchup because we we talk and played um, it a lot, and um, I think. You know, the fact that Sheiks are getting practice, like Leffen's been playing Zane Sheik or Zane with Sheik on stream, that, that's good to to um, to see. I think there are some like fundamental differences in the way that um, Sheik should play that matchup. And uh, I actually don't know that much about Foxmarth, but just like the, the play style that, that would be very effective against Zane, um, I think that might be hard for a lot of Fox players to access with Sheik. Because it's it's sort of a it might require a more seasoned approach to the character. Um, do I think it's a better matchup? Sure. Do I think it matters in like anything besides the very very high level? Uh, no, because because uh, yeah, at that point you're losing to Zane anyway. Um, yeah, I don't. I can't really predict. Um, how that's going to turn out for for the foxes? I mean, I think they'll probably lose, <laughs> but um, I've it's maybe maybe they have something planned that that I can't foresee, or they're they're really grinding that matchup, um, unless they they get the June bug coaching, which doesn't exist. <laughs> uh, I was I was excited. I was like, oh, is there is there a plug coming at the end of the show? That no, was, I I, uh, I messaged Leffen and then he didn't respond. So damn. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> also yeah don't really. Uh, co coaching is uh, it's something that I did like for Zane and then for for a few people um, before, but I really uh, don't do it that much anymore. I have like one student that's a, a friend right now. And um, basically, it's it's very it's very. Uh, I just like content more. Uh, co coaching is sort of taxing the the way that I do it. It's very uh, gritty, like dr drilling down stuff. And I, I prefer if somebody's. I I, I think a lot of um, what coaching could be is just like, hey, do do these things. Like think about these things, and you'll you'll be fine. <laughs> like th th there's only so much that uh, the coach could can and, and should do, um, I think, in order for somebody to, to really improve as a player. Like, the, the people that really want to improve have to figure out their own method of improving and their own method of learning. And I don't, I don't necessarily like imposing my, my structure onto them. Um, but yeah, that, that's just sort of my thing with coaching right now. Maybe that'll change. Awesome. I mean, Edwin's going to get mad that that wasn't two hours itself, but we are running up on two hours. Uh, so we're going to let you go soon. Ambi, what do you think? Should we run my little segment? Yeah, let's do it. Let's, we'll have our, our one minute yeah. of, of the topic. I want to have... Uh, so I was thinking about this recently. You know, We talk about Melee exclusively, right? Uh, and unless you're in our Discord, unless you know us in person, 
that's really probably all you hear us talking about. But uh, I do think we're multifaceted people. I think we like a lot of other things. So I'm going to try something new. Uh, each week, I want to talk about something that we've been interested in this week that's not melee-related. Melee related. Uh, oh, I, I have a good one. Sorry. Do you want to go first? Oh, oh no, sure, yeah. sure. Actually, Please, uh, yeah, go ahead. The, um, Ca- Castlevania new season just came out. Uh, nice. I watched that today. Uh, if, if you guys haven't seen the other seasons of Castlevania, definitely watch that first. Animation's beautiful. It's very... Uh, very violent. <laughs> and, this is Netflix, uh, right? Yeah, Netflix. Uh, p- pacing and plot is, is okay for this season, but it does have some of the um, some really good fights. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah! If, if you like fight anime, or I guess it's animation, like uh, fight <laughs> fight plus animation, it's you, you'll like Castlevania. Uh, but yeah. Um. So mine as you might be able to tell by my wall of CDs and my uh, album, my, my wall of uh, records that you can't see. Uh, I am very big into music. Uh, I'm going to go with an album. Uh, this, this is something that I really only listened to this week, and I've been listening to it a lot. Uh, it's an album called Expensive Shit by Fela Kuti, who is a Nigerian, this is like 70s or something like that, like funk artist, super big for world music at the time, like what we, you know, world music. Um, just basically like bridging that gap between different cultures and, and having people from like the Western world uh, listening to, the, to other parts of music, other what, music from other parts of the world. What did uh, you say super- his name was? Fela Kuti. F-E-L, uh, F-E-L-A. And then uh, K-U-T-I. I would uh, highly recommend that. It's super short album. It's like 24 minutes. It's two long funk songs. I think they're great. Uh, super cool, like rhythms and stuff like that. I'd highly recommend that. Eric, what you got? Yeah, I guess for me, uh, I, I don't know if this counts, but I did buy this, which is it's a Salvadoran cookbook that I've been going through because uh, my family is from El Salvador. Um, and I think this is great. I think that food from El Salvador is dope. Uh, if you guys have never had pupusas, uh, I would highly recommend going on google maps and looking up pupusaria because it's the greatest food ever invented by humanity Hell yeah. um, i found out that there's one near my house and i was like this is the best shit ever and then i bought this cookbook <laughs> so uh that's that's what i've been doing lately that's not melee which is not very much i will admit i've been doing a lot of melee stuff but yeah. salvadoran food is bomb af I, I think i've had a pupusa before but what are they can you describe them so, like, uh, so tortillas in El Salvador are not made by pressing, like a machine. They're made by hand. So you take, like, corn cornmeal and you, like, you flatten it with your hands and then you, like, press it into a grill. So they're, like, thicker and they're, like, handmade. So it's kind of like a Central American dumpling uh, where you take, like, like, pork and beans and cheese and you wrap it in this, like, cornmeal dough and then you, like, flatten it into a really hot pan. So it's like a tortilla, but it's like a thick tortilla. So it's basically like wrapping with the tortilla, but like in the tortilla and cheese and whatever fillings you decide to put in it. Um, super, super good. The best shit of all time. <laughs> <laughs> no bias, no bias, no bias. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I even I, I, Indian food? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, but pupusas are very good. Yeah, I think I've yeah. had one. Yeah. Um, are they like a... 
so the texture of it, I've seen it, I never had it. Uh, it's not like, I'm thinking like a sope, right? Because it's like the, you know, that's like the same, it's like thick, but I, I think that the texture of the dough is different because they're fried differently, right? This is yeah, supposed cool. to be a short segment, dude. We're going to have another episode on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is amazing. I'm so excited. Yeah. I mean, we're going to ruin this segment next week when Edwin Budding goes on a 50-minute rant about Fidel Castro. But before <laughs> then, I'm so excited to like be able to show that we're people who are, aren't shackled to Melee. <laughs> yeah, not entirely, but, at least. Yeah, well, now we have to go back to being shackled to Melee. Junebug, <laughs> where can people follow you? Um... Follow me on Twitter at ARJunebug. I have a Patreon. I think that's also ARJunebug. Um, and on YouTube, I'm ARJunebug Smash. Um, I think if you look up Junebug Smash, it should pop up on YouTube. And it's and it's all on my Twitter profile, I think. My Patreon might not be there anymore. But uh, yeah, uh, if, you, if you enjoy my content, please subscribe. Follow me on Twitter. And if you, if you really want to enjoy enjoy my content and help me not run as negative with content creation uh you can subscribe to my patreon so that uh my editor can eat food now he eats yeah i pay him <laughs> um but yeah just um yeah follow me on all the socials and uh, youtube and patreon I, oh, yeah. I made a TikTok recently. I don't know. I, it's just reposts of all my Smash uh, or dude, stuff from my YouTube. Have you seen Cool Hat's TikTok? I, dude, I was just about to say. No, no. Is it good? Yeah, Cool Hat. Like, I don't know. Like, I guess it's like a professor. And it's like he gets like thirst follows from his students. But he has like two, he's like 2 million followers on TikTok. Yeah. What? He's a yeah, Smash? And it's just like him like looking at the camera and being like, don't ask me what I did before class. <laughs> it's, like, it's, uh, it's, it's wild. Oh, my God. I gotta look this guy up. He's very popular. I, I think he just famous. quit TikTok. No. <laughs> yeah, he just had a TikTok about how he's quitting TikTok and quitting being a professor. So I don't know what... I don't know. Like, Does getting 2 million followers on TikTok mean you can I quit? Like, I don't know how this works. Just quit everything. We gotta get Melee stats on TikTok. Um, <laughs> that is sick. Dude, I appreciate being on so much. I, I know that you gave a lot of your time. And I do know that we said this was going to be a short episode that wasn't going to reach two hours. Yeah, it's fine. It was, it was fun. Yeah, yeah I, I, I had a fun, fun time talking with I, you guys. I will see you at the uh, the Melee Content Creator, the Melee Small to Medium Content Creator Summit. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to look for someone to read, but thank you guys. Well, b- b- before we do, uh, don't forget that you can follow us at Melee Stats Pod on Twitter. You can join our Discord server to hear us chat about Melee and otherwise. Uh, you can support us on Patreon at patreon slash melee stats patreon.com slash melee stats uh if you want to watch our long form content you can do so on the melee stats youtube channel if you want to watch stuff like this like our podcast or archived live streams or archived sets from melee you can do so at the melee stats archive do we have anything else if there's anything that was missed, it's uh, you can scroll down on Twitch and we put it all in banners at the bottom of the page. So we did Hell a yeah. smart. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. All right. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate you being on. And I appreciate you guys watching. And we'll see you next week on Waiting for Game. Peace. Bye.